Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Hey there, future paleontologists. Are you are you digging the beat? Isn't that what you kids say? <laughs> I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to the show, everybody. If you are someone who loves prehistoric life, this is your spot. It is a podcast dedicated to young people, anyone for that matter, but we kind of focus on young people. It is a very family-friendly, safe place. And I'm honored that so many of you parents allow your children to listen to this podcast. That means a lot to me, and it really does, because I know at a time, um, the way things are in some cases, you have to be very, very, very cautious about what your kids are exposed to. And so I can assure you on this podcast, I am very cautious and careful about making sure that this content is fun and family-friendly and absolutely kid-safe. Um, we are quickly approaching 1 million downloads of this podcast. We are at 811,209 downloads. What does that mean? That means 811,209 times people have opened up and listened to one of these podcasts. This is podcast number 87. And so I'm very honored by that. Um you know, let's do a top town. Well, I, I told you um, 811,000 people have listened. We are heard in 177 countries around the world and in 14,306 cities. And I happen to have some of the results from uh, the latest poll numbers. And let me read you the top 10 cities where my podcast is heard. Now, Now, keep in mind that for some of you, you live in a very small community, and so you may not be in the top 10, but that's only because there's more people living in some of these other cities. So if your city isn't called, it doesn't mean you're not doing a good job. It simply means that you may not be in an area that has as many people living. So the number 10 city that listens to me is Los Angeles, California. They're number 10. At number nine, it's uh, Toronto in Ontario, Canada. At number eight, it's Houston, Texas. At number seven, it's San Antonio, Texas. That's where we're located. At number six, it's Portland, Oregon. At number five, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Number four is Perth in Western Australia. The number three city that listens to me is Seattle, Washington. The number two city is Melbourne, Victoria. That's in Australia. And the number one city so far that listens to me is Sydney, Australia. Wow. Australia, you guys had three cities in the top 10. That is coming on strong. You know, I've got so many listeners in Australia and so many club members from Australia. Um, I need to do a poll to find out what uh, what the time zone is so that I can do some of these live lessons for our pod uh, for our patron club members 
uh, so I can do them at a time that works for you because so many of you are from Australia. I've got to figure out what to do. So anyway, those are the top 10 cities where we have listeners. Thank you all so very much. The reason why we have so many listeners is because you are sharing this with other people. So if you have family or friends that like prehistoric life, I certainly appreciate you uh, going out of your way to let people know that uh, that we're here. All right. Got to do a couple of shout outs for people. Now, a shout out is something I do uh, when I meet somebody in particular or feel the need to give them a little special shout out. So first one goes to Olive. Now, Olive and her sister Charlie came all the way from Canada to my store and museum to say hi. And they had with them their cousins, Silas, Huck, Shep, and sister Alexa. Now, they live in San Antonio. But I just wanted to give a shout out to all of you, Olive, all of your family, both your sister, your mom, and your cousins and their mom. It was so nice meeting you. I'm so glad I got a chance to meet you in person. Um, Olive, you know so much about dinosaurs, and I'm so proud of you. And thank you for being a Rex member of the Patreon Club. I loved meeting you all. And then I want to give a little special shout out to my little buddy, Logan Raptor, who lives in Slinger, Wisconsin. Um, Logan Raptor, something's on the way to you. And I just just want you to know that your dad loves you so much that he decided to to give you a little bit of a surprise. So your dad and I worked out something and there's something coming to you on the way. Um, so that's it for the shout outs. Now, uh, I'm going to do birthday shout outs for our T-Rex members in a moment. But before I do that, a couple of things I want to tell you. One, that uh, the museum, I have a museum here in San Antonio. If any of you are ever visiting San Antonio, I try to be there on the weekends, but sometimes it's not possible for me because I have so many other things. I, I have so many other projects that I'm involved with, but I try my very best. And I want you to know that for those of you that have stopped by to say hello and I'm not there, I am so incredibly sorry. But I will say that I have really, really good people working there who go out of their way to try to make it a special visit for you and your family. Uh, while you're there, you can see the skeleton of Tinker, the world's only juvenile teenage Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is pretty amazing. Now, something else I want to tell you guys about, and this is pretty cool. We're going to have a shark event, a shark like the fish, the shark. Now, this is really, really cool. This is going to occur on August the 5th and 6th. The year is 2023, in case you're listening to this a year from now. Uh, in the year 2023, this year, August 5th and 6th, out at our museum and store at Trader's Village in San Antonio. If you go to our website, dinosaurgeorge.com, click on the Visit Our Museum and you can get all the information, including directions and all that. Now, what's going to be really cool about this is, first of all, uh, Gwen, who is uh, the uh, president of our company. Gwen is a shark expert focusing not only on modern sharks, but on prehistoric sharks. Miss Gwen is going to be out there both days, and she can tell you everything about sharks and shark teeth. We're going to have a ton of shark teeth out there for you to see. And we'll sell them. We have teeth that start at $5 and go up to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds if you are a collector. So if you want to come out and learn about shark teeth and how to tell the difference between the species, this is going to be your thing. But not only that, we also have set up a little dig pit where there's going to be real shark teeth in it and whale bones and fossils. And we'll let you dig and what you find you get to keep. 
So some of you are going to find fossilized shark teeth that you get to keep totally free of charge. Um, we're also going to have our megalodon jaws. That's the giant shark. We're going to have our megalodon, megalodon jaws set up where you can step inside of them and take your picture inside the mouth of giant shark. So anyway, we'll be doing freebies all day. Uh, we'll even be giving away tickets to movies. So anyway, that is August the 5th and 6th, which is a Saturday and Sunday. If any of you are in or around San Antonio, Texas on that weekend, stop by and I guarantee you, you're going to have a whale of a time. <laughs> See what I did there? I said whale when we're talking about sharks. <laughs> Am I the only one laughing at these jokes? For all of you listening, please tell me you people are laughing. If your parents weren't laughing at that, you should tell them they need to calm down and start listening better because I'm funny. I'm funny. And they should be laughing right now. Look at your mom. Look at your dad. If they're not laughing and you're in the car, tell them, pull over. We need to stop a minute and rewind this and listen to this again. Okay. Did I say rewind this? Did I just give away my age when I said to rewind it? Yeah. Okay, and yeah, now your parents are laughing, but they're not laughing with me. They're laughing at me. And that's not the same thing. Parents. Parents. All right. <laughs> so join us for that shark event, August the 5th and 6th, year 2023, at our museum and gift shop at Traders Village, located in San Antonio, Texas. Now, it's time for birthday shout-outs. Now, for, for those of you that are new to this to this podcast, let me explain what happens. Um, if you are a T-Rex member of the Patreon Club, each month we give shout-outs to people having birthdays in that particular month, if you are a T-Rex member. So I'm going to read the list. Now, here's the deal. There was a raptor called Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor. Let me explain this for those of you that are new. It is this little raptor that is the meanest animal you've ever seen in your life. And for some reason, every time I try to sing happy birthday, this thing shows up, ruins the song, attacks me, bites me for no reason, and then runs out the door. I'm telling you, we have looked all over. Sometimes this thing, once it was hiding behind the monitor, one time it was hiding under my desk. Another time it was actually hanging upside down from the ceiling fan above my head. We didn't see it. One time it came to the door dressed as a UPS driver. One time it was dressed as a pizza delivery driver. It, it, it completely, this is the meanest little animal I've ever seen. And so before we go through this birthday list and before I make the mistake of singing happy birthday, I just want to make absolutely sure that everybody in the studio does a run through one more time to make sure Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor is not in this room because I am not going to put up with this anymore. All right. So let's hope now that everything is going good. So has everyone checked everything? Have you checked the ceiling fan? Have you checked the closets under the desk in the booth behind the? Okay. All right, so it's clear. So here we go. Here we are for our birthday shout-outs for our T-Rex members. Let's go. Liamosaurus Rex uh, will be turning nine years old on July 27th. Owen is turning 15 on July 16th. You've got to be kidding me. Owen, how did you become a 15-year-old young man? You used to be a kid. What happened to you? JR is turning eight years old on July 24th. Lincoln, who goes by Pyrocanth the Lincoln, 
uh, is turning six on July 18th. That's only a couple of days. Uh, little Gwenny, Gwen, Gwentoraptor turned six on July 1st. Hudson will turn six on July 30th. Mavi Dino Tooth will be turning eight on July 31st. Emrosaurus turns six. I'm sorry. Emrosaurus turns six on July 15th. That's only a couple of days. Izzy Raptor, who is my little niece, Susie Soros's best friend, uh, turned nine or will be turning nine in a couple of days on July 15th and um, is joining our club for her birthday. So Susie Soros, if Izzy Raptor is one of your best friends, then Izzy Raptor is one of my best friends because Susie, Susie Soros is my niece. And if you think they're good, then I think they're good. So happy birthday to you, Izzy Raptor. Joey Soralifus is turning seven on July 21st. Reese, who goes by Rexbug, is turning nine on July 21st. Caitlin Raptor is turning 12 on July, or turned 12 on July 7th. Happy birthday to you, Caitlin Raptor. Uh, Reed s- turned seven years old on the 2nd. Uh, Reed's dino name is... Uh, okay, Reed. You and I both know what your dino name is. So, <laughs> happy birthday, <laughs> Reed. Emilio Raptor number two, uh, turn nine on the second. And Harper. Harper just got a T Rex membership for her birthday, and she turned nine on June 20. I mean, she turned eight on June the 29th. So, Harper, welcome to the club. Glad you are a T-Rex member, and I'm happy to give you a belated shout-out. So now, I am going to choose from behind me. I've got a bunch of dinosaurs behind me. I'm going to choose one to sing Happy Birthday. But before we do this song, please, everybody, check to make sure that Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor is not here. Because that is the naughtiest dinosaur in the world, and I don't feel like being bitten, and I don't feel like being scratched. So, is it clear? All right, everybody's giving me a thumbs up. Good, good, good. Okay, here we go. So let's pick a juvenile. Ooh, let's pick a saber-toothed tiger. Now, they have a hard time singing because their teeth are so big, but let's bring a saber-toothed tiger up here to sing happy birthday to everyone having a birthday in July. Here we go. Ready? Got it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday was that a was that a knock at the door? Can you can you let whoever's at the door let them know we're trying to record in here for a podcast? Thank you. I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm gonna eat you for breakfast. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Check to see who it is. It's a Uber driver. It's an Uber driver. Did anybody request an Uber? What? He's really short. That's okay. It doesn't matter how tall somebody is. What? He's got a tail. He's got a tail. Wait, wait. Don't let that thing in. That's not an Uber driver. I'm telling you, don't open the door. Go ahead and finish your song. And spit out your shoes. 
No! <laughs> it's him! It's him! Why did you let out? <laughs> you let it in why did you let it in oh my god it was dressed as an uber driver it actually pulled up in a car you actually saw it pull up in a car a raptor driving a car uh, okay i i can't i can't anymore let's take a break become a member of the dinosaur george patreon club and join the fun We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. It's time for our Feature Creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. All right, my friends, I have been bandaged up after the raptor attack and I feel ready to go. Today's feature creature is Cosmoceratops. Love this dinosaur. Now, Cosmoceratops, I have the skull of a Cosmoceratops in my museum and gift shop. So if you ever want to come check them out, it's really it's a cool dinosaur. I love this dinosaur a lot. It's a Ceratopsian, which all of you are familiar with some Ceratopsians. That includes animals like Triceratops and Chasmoceratops, I mean, Chasmosaurus, and who else? Protoceratops, Diabloceratops, Cohelaceratops. These are all relatives of Cosmoceratops. It uh, lived during the late Cretaceous period between 76 to 75 million years ago. And I want you all to, to realize something. A million years A million years is an unbelievably long time. It's incredibly long time. So these are very successful animals. They were around for a million years or more. That's just hard to wrap your mind around. But they lived during the late Cretaceous period. Dinosaurs lived during three time periods. The Triassic, the Jurassic, and the Cretaceous periods. Those periods are are separated by millions of years. So a dinosaur that lived in the Jurassic period lived way, way before dinosaurs that lived in the Cretaceous period. I'll tell you a fact which is pretty amazing. The amount of time that separates you and I from Tyrannosaurus rex is almost the same amount of time that separates Tyrannosaurus rex from Brachiosaurus. That's how far apart those dinosaurs are. So Cosmo lived during the late Cretaceous period. It was discovered in 2006 in uh, Utah, which is in the United States. Its name is Cosmoceratops Richardsoni, an otter of Scott Richardson, a volunteer who helped dig this thing up. And the name Cosmoceratops in English means ornate horned face. What does ornate mean? Have you ever heard of an ornament? Something you hang on a tree at Christmas, perhaps? A Christmas ornament? Ornate 
means decoration. Something that is there for decoration. And because it had so many unusual spikes and horns and things on its skull and frill that they named it um, ornate horned face. That's what its name means. Cosmoceratops is considered a medium sized dinosaur, probably about 4.3 to 5.2 meters. That's 14 to 17 feet long. That's the length of a big uh, SUV, a big vehicle. It weighed about one to two tons, which is a lot. Its skull is is the most unique thing because of the configuration of the skull. It had so many different horns and spikes. Okay, I want to I want to try to try to explain something that is very confusing. We use words like blade, horn, spike, frill. What are, what are the differences between those? Okay, a horn is something that is connected to the skull. Triceratops has three horns, two over its eyes, one on its nose. Uh, Cosmoceratops has three horns, two above its eyes and a strange one on its nose. A spike is something that is not connected to the head. So Ankylosaurus has spikes on its shoulders and sides. Stegosaurus has spikes because those are on its tail. Uh, Carnotaurus has horns because those are on its skull. But Ceratopsians have frills. That's the bony part that sticks up behind the skull. If there is something pointy on the frill, it can be called a spike. So, for instance, Styracosaurus has spikes on its frill and a horn on its nose. I know this is confusing. I'm hoping I can make this clear for you guys because it's a very confusing subject. So, what's really amazing about Cosmoceratops is the horn over its eyes faces out to the side, not forward like all other ceratopsians their horns stick sideways more like a cow cow's horns don't stick straight in front of their head they stick to the side so cosmoceratops is a very very unique dinosaur its name is spelled k-o-s-m-o-c-e-r-a-t-o-p-s if you've never seen cosmoceratops I suggest you Google it and go search for it. Again, its name is spelled K-O-S-M-O-C-E-R-A-T-O-P-S, Cosmoceratops. Now, you're going to notice its horns are very unusual because they're sticking sideways, but then you look at its frill. Its frill is so odd. Because it almost looks like, it almost looks like the top of the frill melted. Instead of the spikes sticking straight up in the air where you would expect them to be, they are bent over, curved over towards the front of the skull. It's just, I'll tell you the truth. The very first time I saw a picture of this dinosaur, I thought that the frills were, that the frill was deformed. 
I didn't think that's the way this animal looks, but it is how this animal looks because they found several species, several specimens, all of which have the same skull configuration. So it's got these weird looking knobs and points, uh, points and 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 spikes all over the frill. It's an amazing looking dinosaur. It's really amazing. But again, it's very unique because its horns are sticking sideways, not straight forward. Uh, Cosmoceratops, I call Ceratopsians, is an herbivore. And it, it fed on really tough plants. What I mean by tough plants is they would be very hard for you and I to chew up. This thing's beak is not only a weapon, but it is a cutting device used for slicing meat. And then their teeth would grind those plants up. And they lost their teeth and regrew them through their entire life. So they never ran out of teeth ever. Now, there's some scientists that believe that there is something called sexual dimorphism. Let me explain what those two words mean. In science, that means there's a difference between the male and the females. They look a little different. That's very common. That's very common. Look at a picture of a male elephant seal and a female elephant seal. They don't look the same. Look at a picture of a male deer and a female deer. The male has horns, antlers. The female does not. That is what sexual dimorphism means. Those are not bad words. Um, They're scientific words. I want you to know. So those words mean that there's a difference between the, the boys and the girls. And that difference could be the way the frill looked. Maybe on the males, they had more bumps and horns and spikes. Maybe on the females, they had more bumps and horns and spikes. Nobody knows for sure. But there does appear to be two different sort of frill structures. And that's probably due to the dimorphism, the difference between the two. Now, this dinosaur is made for walking on all four legs, which means it is a quadruped, a quadruped. A quadruped is an animal that walks on four legs all the time. It does not have the ability to walk on its back legs. It can't stand up. And there's a reason for that. It has to do with something called the center of gravity. Center of gravity means where where is your body sort of balanced? Our center of gravity is sort of like our stomach area. That's why humans can stand up on our back legs. That's why we walk standing on two legs, because our center of gravity makes it easy for us to stand up and walk. But an animal like an elephant isn't made for walking on its hind legs. Yes, they can be trained to stand up on their back legs in the circus. And yes, in nature, sometimes elephants will stand up on their back legs to reach higher up into a tree, but they cannot walk that way. Because their body isn't designed. Their center of gravity is really sort of their tummy. And because their body leans forward, it's very hard for them to stand up because the weight of their body prevents it. So Ceratopsians did not walk around on two legs. They walked on four. Therefore, they are quadrupeds. They are quadrupeds. 
So it's a member of the Ceratopsian family. It's amazing. But that frill is the coolest thing. When you look at a picture of the frill, it's kind of hard for me to describe it, but, but let me try to describe what it is. Um, imagine Styracosaurus. If you know what Styracosaurus is, that's a dinosaur that has big spikes on its frill. Imagine if the spikes all melted and all leaned forward. That's kind of what that's kind of what Cosmoceratops's frill looks like. It literally looks like the frill is melted. Again, it's not. That's the shape of it, but it just looks so odd. I don't know what the reason for that is. I, I don't know. They couldn't have been a weapon because they're pointing almost down. They wouldn't be able to do anything. But maybe that's why its horns stick out to the side of its head. Maybe this dinosaur's defense is not to lower its head and charge you like a triceratops. Maybe it's to stand its ground and swing its head from side to side, using those spikes to stab you if you make the mistake of getting too close. Maybe that's what they're for. I, I don't know. There is nothing wrong with saying you don't know when it comes to paleontology. I have a lot of respect for paleontologists when they say we don't know. Or they, if they, you ask them a question, they say, well, I think or I guess there's nothing wrong with that. Paleontology is not an exact science. What that means is we don't know the exact facts of everything everything to do with the dinosaur so we that leaves us with having to make a guess and do you remember what a scientific guess is called do any of you remember if you remember what it's called shout it out hypothesis a hypothesis is a guess made after you studied all the facts for those of you that are part of the dinosaur george kids facebook group and if you're not, I welcome you to become a member. On the Dinosaur George Facebook group page, I oftentimes with these podcasts give people a, uh, a, a little bit of work to do, a, a project. In this project, here's what I would like for you to do if you follow me on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. If you follow this page, I would like for you to try to draw a picture of Cosmoceratops and draw its frill with those unusual pointy spikes facing down. Try to reproduce that and draw a picture and ask your parents to post it on the page. Ask them to post it on the page. And uh, uh, I, I think... I, I love looking at those pictures. So that is a project for any of you that would like a project. Draw a picture of it and try to add a lot of color to the frill because I believe that they had a lot of color on their frill. So that, my friends, is your feature creature today, Cosmoceratops, a remarkable dinosaur with a very unusual frill. Now, let's take a listen to some of the questions that some of you have submitted. My assistant, Letasaurus, will oftentimes, she helps me go through them and we randomly select questions. And so Lita reads the question and I give you the answer. So let's go. It's L-E-D-A-Q-N-A. -A. You send us the questions. Lita reads them for me. I answer them. You ready? Yes. How come... Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor didn't attack you a few minutes ago, by the way. Uh, that was in his room. Sneaky girl. So you're the one that let it in the room? I 
knew it. Okay, let's go. Gabriel, age seven, from Nyborg, Denmark, said, Hi, George. Gabriel asked if it's possible to post a list of all the centuries ranked that list that listens to the podcast. He was very happy when he heard episode 15. He was that Denmark was seven years old. And now he wants to know how Denmark, how Denmark is doing now. Wish you all the best. Okay, so how did Denmark do? Well, when you listen to episode, what episode was it, Lita? 17 or 7? 15. Episode 15. Okay, so what I decided to do, because that's a good question, is I decided to list the top 10 countries that listen to the podcast. But... There were so many countries that were so close to each other, they're all going to be ranked as number 10. But remember this, the bigger country you live in, the more likely it is that your country is going to be on the top part of the list, right? If you lived in a country where, say, there's only 1 million people living in your country, but then another country has 50 million people, well, really, it's 50 times more likely they're going to be in the top. So let me read to you the top 10. At number one is the United States. Number two is Canada. Number three is the United Kingdom. Number four is Australia. Number five is Ireland. Number six is New Zealand. Number seven is Germany. Number eight is India. Number nine is Japan. Now. Tied for number 10. Are you ready for this list, Lita? Yes. Okay. Tied for number 10 is South Africa, France, Singapore, Taiwan, Poland, the Philippines, Mexico, Switzerland, United Arab Emirates, Israel, Spain, Vietnam, Netherlands, Finland, Malaysia. They all tied for the number 10. So what country was he from again? Uh, Denmark. From Denmark. Okay. So, hey, wait a minute. Where is the rest of my list? Because Denmark was also tied for number 10. Oh, here it is. I'm still going. I was looking on the wrong sheet. Still tied for number 10. Italy, Hong Kong, Sweden, Indonesia, Norway, Denmark, Austria, Turkey, Laos, and Panama. All of those countries I just rattled off are, are ranked tied for the number 10 spot. So Denmark is still in the top 10. Thank you for being listeners out there. Thank you to all those countries that I mentioned. I appreciate that. Let's keep going. Briggs, age six from San Antonio, said, was there a carcarina? Go ahead. Let me look at it. Some of these names are impossible. Ceratosaurus and Dilophosaurus. Was Ceratosaurus related to Dilophosaurus? Could you do a podcast on Etiranosaurus and Giganotosaurus? Okay, good questions. Um, was Ceratosaurus and Dilophosaurus related? They are. They're both theropods, and they're both very archaic dinosaurs. They have a lot in common. They come from a very old line of dinosaurs. They both have four fingers, which is pretty amazing. And there is some suggestion that they were both possibly fish eaters. So they may have been a little more closely related than what I remember. 
all theropods, all meat eaters are related, but I think both of those animals are pretty closely related. That's a good question. As for those recommendations, yes, we'll absolutely add them to the list. Let's keep going. Let's take a look. Remember, we get questions from all over the world. Uh, this one looks like uh, Matthias. I think it's Matthias. Matthias, age Nine from Bothell, Washington, said, Hi, Dinosaur George. Did you know that Jurassic World and Jurassic Park have a Lego video game? I didn't know that. Did you know that, Lita? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I don't, I don't play many video games. The reason why I don't play video games, and especially why I don't play with Lita and her mom, I am so good that they don't stand a chance against me, and I don't want to see them That's both. Wrong. I don't want to see That's them. Wrong. I don't That's want. Wrong. I. I don't want to nope. see him cry because I'm nope. so good. Are you nope. saying you could beat me in a video game? Yeah. <laughs> you think you and your mom can beat me in a video game? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that's By okay. I want you all to know right now, her mom is sitting in this room shaking her head. Yes, we can beat you in a video game. No, y'all can't. I'm the greatest video game player in the world. You know what? I can beat you both in George. Pong. If she's in is that still a game? If she's mm. in the room, she can. Oh, okay. All right. So, <laughs> I didn't know that those were video games. They sound like they're fun. Have you ever played either one of those games before, Lita? No. But I you think, knew that. I think my brother. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Okay, keep going. Good question. Paul H. Seven from Millville, Pennsylvania, said, "The Dilophosaurus have fins, frills." Did Dilophosaurus have frill? They did not. There is no dinosaur known that had any sort of a frill around its neck made of skin like the one in Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. That was simply made up. Now, they did take a living animal and use it as sort of their model, and that's the frilled lizard that lives in Australia. That lizard has a frill that it can open up, and that's where they got the idea. But there's absolutely no evidence that any dinosaur did. Ryan, H5. From Wollongong, Australia, said, can Acrocanthosaurus break through Gastonia's armor? Ooh, could an Acro break through the armor of Gastonia? I don't think they could. Here's why I say that. Acrocanthosaurus probably interacted with Gastonia. They probably, they probably crossed paths. And so when you have an apex predator like Gastonia, I mean, like Acrocanthosaurus, and it's living with plant eaters. If you find a lot of those plant eaters, that means they're successful. And that probably means they can withstand the apex predator. So in my opinion, I don't think they could. When you look at the teeth of Acrocanthosaurus, they're relatively thin and blade-like, which also can mean that they are more easily susceptible to breaking when they bite into bone or into body armor. And so therefore, Acros probably didn't mess with them. Because if you're going to break your teeth as a carnivore, you're going to go a long time without being able to eat. So I don't think it could. Good one. All right. What's next? Sep, age four from Blue Mountains, Australia said, how does a Dominus Rex change, change color? And were there any real dinosaurs that could do the same? Nice. So in the movie, they can make a dinosaur do anything, right? They could make it breathe fire if they wanted. They could make it 
uh, spit venom. They can add things to it. The movies have no limitations. They can do anything they want. But the idea of a dinosaur changing color is based off of the fact that a lot of reptiles can change color. A lot of animals can change their coloration. You know, humans, we can do the same thing. When we are embarrassed, when we're sad, when we're mad, we can actually change the color of the skin oftentimes in our face. It's a way to communicate behavior. It's a way to, not behavior, it's a way to communicate emotions. If your mom tells you to clean your room and you ignore her, or you disrespect her and say no, her face is probably going to become a darker color because that is the blood from the body flowing up to the face and it changes their appearance. And that's meant to mean something in the animal kingdom. That means things in the animal kingdom. Um, a wasp is oftentimes yellow, black, or red. Those are warning colors. Those mean something. Uh, chameleons can change their color to hide in their surroundings. If reptiles today can do it, there's no reason to believe that reptiles from a long time ago could do it. But that kind of evidence is very difficult to see in the fossil record. So it means we have to guess. We can do something called comparative anatomy, where we can look at a modern animal and see how it's put together. And then we can compare it to how we think dinosaurs should go together. But we can't do something called comparative behavior. Because behavior is how they act. And we can't always tell that from looking at fossils. So there is no evidence that I'm aware of that suggests that dinosaurs had that ability. But in my opinion, I think they did. My guess would be absolutely they did because color is an important thing in the animal kingdom today. And that means it was important in the past. So I think they could. All right. Kalo Griffithsaurus, age five, from Seattle, Washington, said, How thick was Ankylosaurus's armor, and did it have an exoskeleton and an endoskeleton? Oh, nice. So um, he wants to know, did, did it have the, the skeleton on the outside like an insect, or did it have its skeleton on the inside? What was the armor used for? First of all, it had its skeleton inside the skeleton. The bones are inside the body. So what is on the outside is armor. Armor is different than the skeleton. A turtle's skeleton is inside the shell. The shell is an armor protection around it, but that doesn't mean that's its skeleton. If you've ever seen the underside of a tur turtle or tortoise shell, you actually see the backbones along the inside upper part of the shell. That's its skeleton. Ankylosaurus. If all of the body armor fell off of an ankylosaurus, it would be able to walk and stand up and act normal because its skeleton is on the inside of the skin. So to your question, it has an not does it does not have an exoskeleton, which means the protection on the outside. An insect is an animal like a beetle does not have bones inside of its body. Its outside part holds it together. And Ankylosaurus's bones are inside the body. The armor is just for protection. Now, how thick was it? Very thick in a lot of places. Now, it didn't have a shell like a turtle. Instead, it had big, thick pieces of bone that were sort of stuck in the skin all over its back. 
Those pieces of armor were there, of course, for protection. The biggest piece of ankylosaurus armor I've ever seen or held in my hand was probably from the top to the bottom, probably three inches thick. That may not sound like a lot, but I can tell you that it would be almost impossible for any dinosaur to be able to bite through it. That includes even monsters like Tyrannosaurus rex. Ankylosaurus was probably very slow. It would be an easy target for any carnivore. But because of the thickness of the shell, it was not a target. It was probably left alone because why would you want, would you want to eat a bowling ball? What would happen to your teeth if you ate a bowling ball? Well, you want to have it. That, that's exactly right. So, are you going to, would you rather eat a bowling ball or a bowl of ice cream? You'd rather eat a bowling ball. Great. So this kid eats bowling balls. That works out great. Can you believe she just said a bowling ball? I hope everybody knows you eat bowling balls now. Made of ice cream. It's, it's not a bowling ball. It's ice cream. Why am I having this conversation with this kid? Okay. So <laughs> that's very good. So, uh, yes, their body armor was so thick they wouldn't be able to bite through it. And uh, its skeleton is on the inside. Was that all of them or is there one more? That's all of them. If you would like to have your question read, here's the thing to do. There's a couple of ways to do it. If uh, First of all, if you are a member of the Patreon Club, any level, Triceratops, Raptor, or Rex, once in a while we, send, we, we make a post where we tell you you can post your questions here, and then we'll randomly pick them. But also, if you're not a member of the Patreon Club, you can still submit questions. As a matter of fact, a lot of these that we read today were not submitted by Patreon Club. Some of them were submitted by you. And there's the way to do that is to go to our website, dinosaurgeorge.com. One word, dinosaurgeorge.com. And there is uh, the podcast page. When you click on the podcast, at the bottom of the page, there's a form that you can fill out, send us your question. And if your question is chosen and we choose them randomly, Lita will read your question and I will answer them. Is there anything Lita you'd like to say to, we're getting close to a million listens. Is there anything you'd like to say to people all over the world? Be kind. Tell your parents you love them. All right. Thank you, Lita Soros. Let's take a quick time out. And when we come back, we will jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids page and I will highlight some of the really cool stuff that uh, you guys have posted. Bring Dinosaur George's traveling exhibit to your school, museum, or city. This is the largest exhibit of its kind in North America and will turn any facility into a natural history museum. You'll see things like prehistoric mammals, giant fish, ancient reptiles, and of course, dinosaurs. It's affordable, amazing, and will be an event you'll never forget. See complete details at dinosaurgeorge.com or call us toll free, 888-487-7478. Bring Dinosaur George's Traveling Museum to your community today. All right. Um, I'm jumped over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. And uh, I want to play a video I made. I shot a video this past weekend. I went to a place where there's dinosaur footprints. So I posted a video on there. For those of you that may not be able to go on or become members of that page, maybe your parents don't 
uh, participate in Facebook, which is perfectly fine. Let me play you guys this video um, and I'll kind of show you, share with you what I did. Hang on just a second. Let me go up here and unmute this and let me start this video from the beginning again. And here we go. Let's see. And I muted it again. What a shock. Tracks difficult. In front of me is a footprint of a plant eater. We know because of the round toes and the round heel. It's probably an iguanodontid. I'm in Texas and this is mid Cretaceous formation. So here is a footprint of a plant eater, but directly in front of it is the footprint of a carnivore. How do we know it's a carnivore? You can actually see the nails. You can see that its toes are long and sharp and that its heel is more pointy. So the question becomes, is that one following this one? Is this one following that one? There's no way to know with any certainty. This dinosaur could have walked by two days before that one did. That one could have walked by a week before this one. But because they're in the same layer, it suggests that it probably happened very close. So what might have happened was you may have had a plant eater walking along and a carnivore tracking it. Uh, there's no way to know. Tracks are amazing because they represent the living animal, and that's why footprints are so cool. All right, so if any of you uh, would like to go to the uh, Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, you can watch that video. It was really interesting stuff. Now, going through here, um, this is really good. Byron um, uh, Byron was very, was very nice. Did the project where he drew a picture of Lambiosaurus. I love this picture. I love your color choices. I love the bright colors. That's really cool. So, Byron, thank you so very much for drawing a picture of that and posting it on my page. I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, let's see. There's information about our Shark Week event coming up. You can see that on the page. Uh, Sam created a Mechasaurus Rex, which is half T-Rex and half robot. Love that picture. Sam, absolutely love the smile on your face, and I like that very, very much. That's really cool. Uh, let's see. Oh, Spinonorosaurus went to Middle Tennessee Museum of Natural History, where she's actually on the back of it. Looks like she's on the back of a saber-toothed cat and looking at some cool fossils. Thank you for posting pictures. I love it very much. Connorsaurus Rex was able to unearth a T-Rex from a kit that he bought. And I love how you put it together. I really like how you made a base for it with that, that, that green clay. That's really, really cool. Charlotte, age five from England, drew a really nice picture. <laughs> All right, this is really good. She, she said the way to stop meteors from crashing to Earth is to put a giant trampoline on the back of a spaceship, and that way it bounces it out of the way. I love this very much, Charlotte. That's brilliant, and I absolutely love it. Uh, Mattia. I think it's Mattia, right? Mattia? I think that's right. Carnoraptor. Goes by Carnoraptor. Drew an Indominus Rex. Ooh, I like this a lot. I like this a lot. Man, I love those bright colors. I absolutely love it when you guys put bright colors. That's very good. And then uh, uh, Connor drew, for, age seven from Wales, Drew a Lambiosaurus with a colorful quest. Again, I love it. And I love how you drew the sound of music coming from it, demonstrating that it's making noise. That's a very intelligent thing. Very proud of you, Connor. And thank you guys for listening all the way over in Wales. This is really good. 
This is a picture I really like a lot. Luke, who's six years old, posted a picture in his spins, and that's how we spend our days. Dad and Luca, six years old, drawing dinosaurs almost all day. I want to say this very clear. Dad, you and I have never met, but I am so incredibly proud that you are part of the Dinosaur George Kids Group. I'm proud because you are spending time with, with, with Luca drawing. I love those images. I love all the variety, such a huge variety of colors and choices and beautiful. And thank you, Dad, for being there. Luca, you make sure and thank your parents for being such loving parents. Now, this one, I'm so sorry. This one I, I read and I felt so bad. This is my little buddy, my little buddy, Vian, Vianasaurus. Vian was at Trader's Village on June the 24th. He was so excited that I was going to be there, but I wasn't there. I'm so very sorry. He's from Philadelphia. I am so sorry that I missed you being there, Vian. I would have loved to have met you. I would have loved to have met you and your in your family. I'm so very sorry that I wasn't there. Please accept my apology. I love that picture of you standing in front of those megalodon jaws. That's great, Vianosaurus. Thank you for being a member. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming all the way to see me. And I am so very sorry I missed you. But I want you to know that that I'm so glad you enjoyed your visit there. Robert H. Five created an entire Jurassic World with Lego set. And he's wearing glow-in-the-dark PJs, dino PJs. That is so cool. Robert, five years old, that's very good work, and I love that park a lot. Uh, this is really cool. Mycoraptor Rex created out of nanoblocks a Mosasaurus trying to attack a Velociraptor. Oh, this is so cool. This is great. I love that picture. Thank you, Mom or Dad, for posting it. That's really, really cool. Um a buddy age six would like to know if all raptors had a race who would win. Probably Dromaeosaurus. Probably Dromaeosaurus. Um, let's see. How do baby dinosaurs age? This is from my friend, Rody. Uh, do they age like dogs? I don't know how they age, Rody. It's kind of tough to tell. But can baby dinosaurs from different species be raised by other dinosaurs? Hey, this is a very good question. Do Is it possible that some dinosaurs could be raised by others? Yeah, you know what? We see in nature sometimes that other animals will herd or group together with different species. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily that the other species are raising them, like feeding them and that kind of stuff, but they will afford them protection against carnivores. They basically are helping them find food and water because if you're little, you may not know where to go to get those. So I think it is possible that they did kind of sort of do that. Emersonosaurus Rex made a beautiful scene with construction paper and dinosaur magnets. I like this a lot. This is a great scene. This is really good. Thank you so much for posting that. That's good. Joe, age seven, built a dino sanctuary with a tank for the Megalodon. I like that. I like that a lot, man. You got a Spinosaurus. You got a T-Rex. That's a great scene. Thank you for posting that. Isaac, age seven, did his project and did the Lambiosaurus, Rajasaurus, and Archaeoraptor. Thanks, El Stinko, for your podcast. Well, you're very welcome, Isaac, and I'm so glad. What did, what did you just say to me? Thanks, El Stinko. Who is El Stinko? What? Who is El Stinko? No one knows the identity of El Stinko. Stronger than Superman. Faster than the Flash. Hair more luxurious than Wonder Woman. 
No one knows the identity. I love your drawings. Thank you for doing your project. That's so good. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is okay. This is so cool. This is so cool. This is uh, this is from the people's family who drew a beautiful picture of El Stinko and has a Gastonia as a pet and says, DG, you are 100% El Stinko. Well, thank you very much. Okay, let me tell you kids something right now. I don't know who this El Stinko person is, but I noticed on this picture, you drew a picture of me with green fumes coming out from under my arms. Are you saying that I have pits of doom? Do you really think that? Do you really think that? <laughs> all right, this is from the McDaniels family. Shark Week is coming up, and our family loves to celebrate all week long. Oliver Raptor especially loves learning about prehistoric sharks. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, at P.S., he says, thank you, Elstinko. Well, let me tell you what we're going to do when we do our shark project. We're go- What did you just say to me? What did you Oliver Raptor? What did you just say to me? Oh, don't you think, don't you think you're not in trouble, my friend? Don't you think you're not in trouble? (laughs) Uh, On here, speaking of sharks, uh, Miss Gwen was so nice to interact with Oliver, getting information and sharing information. That's so cool. Emmett, age five, do a picture of an Allosaurus eating a pizza with Dinosaur George as the toppings. Thanks, GG, for making fun so cool and take, taking all the jokes with these little ankle biters. Well, you're very... Wait a minute. What do you mean I'm the topping on top of a pizza? Emmett, are you serious, kid? You're feeding me to an Allosaur... Okay, I don't know what's going on with you people, but you are in big trouble, my friend. You are in big trouble. Oliver from Sydney, Australia, drew a beautiful Lambiosaurus. Oh, I like this a lot. I really like, and again, putting in the sounds of it making, or the image of it making noise, the bright colors. I love this very, very much. This is so cool. Ezra Raptor, age nine, made me a really cool video. I saw the video. I love it. Be careful. Here, you know what? Hey, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's play this video because it looks really great. And you're singing the birthday song. Let's hear it. Oh, hang on. Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to eat you for breakfast. And speak out your shoes. <laughs> Thank you, Ezra Raptor. That was really, really cool. Micah, age four, says, hi, DG, you are one million percent El Stinko. I drew a picture of you being eaten by a Krylophosaurus, being saved by Micah with a laser gun, and stink bombs falling on Micah. Well, that's really, really good, Micah, and I really enjoy that picture a lot. Thank you so much. Then I, wait a minute. Wait. Micah, age four, hi, DG, you are one million percent El Stinko. Okay, let me tell you kids something. Let me tell all you something right now. I don't know who this El Stinko person is, but saying that is sweet. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. No one. El Stinko is a superhero, a magnificent superhero. No one knows its identity. It wasn't me, Micah. Micah. Love your drawings, but seriously, child. Isaac, age seven, says, hi, El Stinko. Can you? Okay. What is with you kids in this El Stinko thing? 
Can you do a podcast on Aquasaurus? That's a good that's a good recommendation, Isaac. I'll see if we can add that. And you stop calling me stinkle. There's so many other ones that are great. Oh, this is a good one. This is very good. Uh, this question is, hi, Dinosaur George. This is from the Rulas family. I think I pronounced that correct. Ignacio Rulas. Hi, Dinosaur George. Do you think T-Rex could jump like a kangaroo? It's actually an interesting concept because there are some similarities when you look at the picture of a kangaroo and a T-Rex. But here's the thing. Um, because of the weight and size of Tyrannosaurus, jumping would probably be difficult because when they land, all of that weight would be exerted on its legs and hip bones. That's why elephants don't hop because it would really cause damage. So I think this is a great post and I love it very much, but they would not, they would probably not be able to jump. Lucadon visited a museum and wanted to know if I can identify those two bones. I tell you what I think. I believe that they are probably triceratops. Just from the shape, I think they might be triceratops rib bones as best as I can tell. Um, Let's see. Hi, Dinosaur George. My son and Kylosaurus Gabe, age five, wants to know if you think the Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor will show up if you just sing Cha-Cha-Cha in the birthday song. No! Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor is horrifying. Uh, it Listen, this thing attacks no matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I do, Gabe. It doesn't matter. It's a horrible animal. And all the disguises are simply too much for me. It's just wearing me out. This thing is horrifying. All right, my friends, you know what time it is? I know what time it is. Do you know what time it is? The time is... Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right. One of the benefits of being a T-Rex member of the Patreon Club is that uh, you get the opportunity to submit who would win questions. Um, but before you drive your parents crazy about wanting to be a T-Rex member, yes, I would like for you to be a member, but it costs money. And your parents have all kinds of expenses that they have to pay every day. So there's three club levels. The Triceratops Club, which costs $1 a month. The Raptor Club, which costs $5 a month, and the T-Rex Club, that costs $10 a month. Those all cost money. But if you follow us on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, that's completely free. And so if you can't become a member, you could at least be join us on the Dinosaur George Kids page and participate as well. So all of these Who Would Wins are coming from my T-Rex members of Patreon. And just an FYI, for those of you that are T-Rex members and are wondering how you submit yours, about once a month, we send a post only, the post is only seen by T-Rex members, 
And it says, if you have a who would win, post it here. So that's how we do that. So let's go. Hi, DG. I'm Michaelosaurus, age 11. And my who would win is Basilosaurus versus Plesiosaurus versus Archelon versus El Stinko in scuba suit with no stink bombs. Thank you for your time. Okay, listen, Michaelosaurus. Listen, Michaelosaurus. If I don't have my stink bombs, how could I possibly survive any of these animals? So I'm out of the fight right away. Thanks a lot. So that leaves Basilosaurus versus Plesiosaurus versus Archelon. Archelon is a gigantic turtle. And I'll tell you the truth. I don't think Basilosaurus or Plesiosaurus, certainly not Plesiosaurus, they didn't have the strength to bite through the shell. I don't think they would be able to do a lot to Archelon. I think he would be very well protected. But he's not going to fight back. I mean, he certainly has a sharp beak. But so, but I, I really think Archelon is just going to win by not having to do anything. So that leaves Basilosaurus and Plesiosaurus. Plesiosauruses are not really designed for any sort of a fight. Basilosaurus is. Basilosaurus is made for catching big prey, killing big prey, eating big prey. Plesiosaurus's skulls are very small. Their neck is very narrow. They're made for catching and eating fish or small aquatic life. So I would give this one definitely to Basilosaurus simply because of the size. Good one, Michaelosaurus. All right, Kinosaurus wants to know Oxalia versus Suchomimus. Hey, this is interesting. You have two members of the um, uh, Spinosaurid family. These are both members of the Spinosaurids, meaning that they both have very similar skeletal designs. They fit into the same family. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, well, we know more about Suchomimus, I think, than Oxalia. Oxalia, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, I think Suchomimus is larger. I think this would be the winner. But that's a great one, Kittosaurus. That's a really good one. But I would give this to Suchomimus just based on the idea. I think that it's larger. I could be wrong. All right, Marcus wants to know Acrosaurus, Acrocanthosaurus versus Allosaurus. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Acro and Allo. Man, these guys are pretty equally sized. They definitely both have equal weapons. Acrocanthosaurus being a little bit larger and being a, a mid-Cretaceous dinosaur with Allosaurus being late Jurassic. As much as I love Allosaurus. Marcus, I would have to give this, I would have to give this to Acrocanthosaurus. Simply its size is too much for Allosaurus to take. I think Acrocanthosaurus is going to win this battle. But man, what a great battle this would be. This would be an epic battle. Very good. Okay, says, hi, Elstunko. Brustonia here. My who would win? What did you call me, Brustonia? Hi, Elstunko. Okay, this is not Elstunko. Seriously. My who would win is Stegosaurus versus a Kentrosaurus. Interesting. Stegosaurus, way bigger. Tail spikes, probably too much for Kentrosaurus. But I will say one thing about Kentrosaurus having those big shoulder spikes. Stegosaurus got to be really careful around this thing. Yeah, he's smaller, but maybe he's a little faster. Maybe he, I always say he whenever I talk about dinosaurs. I don't mean dinosaurs are all males. I just That's just a habit I have. I should say it. Stegosaurus would have been heavier, more powerful, but a little slower. Kentrosaurus, it would have been much faster, but I don't think speed is going to play into very much because I think both of these dinosaurs can turn sideways very quickly. 
They're not made for running in a straight line at a top speed. They're made for turning quickly to be able to deploy their weapons. But because of the size difference, I would give this one to Stegosaurus. But, man, that's an interesting fight. Spinonaurosaurus wants to know who would win. Kellenkin versus Triceratops. Interesting. For those of you that don't know, Kellenkin is a giant terror bird. Kellenkin is a giant terror bird. It had an incredibly sharp beak. Triceratops, of course, being considerably larger. But I will say this. Kellenkin could outflank it, meaning it could run around behind it before it could turn around. And if Kellenkin can run up and land on its back and start attacking the back of the neck behind the frill, it could cause a lot of damage. But I think Triceratops' skin was probably so thick, I don't know if Kellenkin would have had the ability to really cause a lot of very serious wounds. It would have been, it would hurt. But I believe that Triceratops was simply too much. Okay, uh, Lucasaurus says, sir, who would win? Very good manners, Lucasaurus. Proud of you. T-Rex versus three Megacerops. Whoa! Now, Megacerops is a giant rhino-like animal uh, from the Cenozoic period. A T-Rex versus three Megacerops. Now, Megacerops has some pretty heavy-duty headgear. And by the way, Lucasaurus also says thank you. You're welcome, buddy. Um, you know what? I think Megacerops would be too fast for Tyrannosaurus to catch. And if they continuously ram into the legs, I think they could break an ankle or the lower leg bone of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I think they could at top speed. I believe they could. Now, they're not going to kill the T-Rex, but if they can wound it, T-Rex is out of the fight. So I would give this to three Megacerops simply because of their ability to cause some pretty incredible damage. You don't always have to kill something to win the fight. Sometimes all you have to do is just get it to get away. All right, my friends, that wraps up this episode. This was episode, what was it? Episode 87. I hope you like today's feature creature, which is Cosmoceratops. For those of you that follow me on the Dinosaur George, George Facebook group, please post a picture of Cosmoceratops. For those of you that would like to become a member of the Patreon club, go to dinosaurgeorge.com and click on the joining our club page. For any of you that are coming to the San Antonio area this summer, I'm going to try to be at the store and museum every weekend when I can. I will definitely be there August the 5th and 6th. And if you can come out there, you can dig in the fossil beach pit for your own fossils to take home. You can stand inside of our Megalodon jaws and take your picture. And you have the opportunity to talk to Miss Gwen who is an expert on marine, that means ocean, fossils. She can tell you all kinds of stuff. While you're there, you can win some giveaways. We'll be giving away stuff, and we'll be having fun all the time. For those of you that want to become a Patreon Club member, go to the DinosaurGeorge.com page and click on the club page, and you can join us there. For everyone, hope you're enjoying your summer. If it's summer where you live, if it's winter where you live, I hope you're enjoying your winter. Be kind to everybody. Be nice to everybody. Tell your family and friends you love them. Make sure they know that you appreciate all the things they do for you. Because they do a lot of things that you may not even know 
they do. As for me, I'm going to put some Band-Aids on my wounds because I was attacked once again by the evilest dinosaur known to man, which is Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor. I hate that raptor. Have a good day, everybody. I'll see you soon. to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah.